What's going on, everybody? It is episode number 183 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. I drink it every single morning. It's my favorite coffee. They've got a wide variety of different kinds of coffee. Uh, It changes all the time, too. That's one of my favorite things. Check out their website to see what's available. Find a coffee you like, make an order, and when you do, they'll ship it directly to your house. You can tell them how you want it roasted even. That's that's also really cool. But yeah, then all you got to do is grind it up and enjoy some coffee. It's uh, it's the coffee I drink, like I said, every single morning. It's my favorite coffee. CouchtownCoffee.com. Find a coffee, make an order, and let them know Audible Farm sent you. They'll give you 20% off. Thanks, Couchtown. This week, I'm sitting down with Taylor Thompson from Ancient Elm, the Bagtown Bad Boys, as Mason likes to call him, your old pal Mason. Uh, yeah, it's really fun. I, I love these guys. I've known them for a long time. It's weird to think how much time has passed. Uh, I went to a lot of shows that my friends had played in, but not necessarily shows that I played in, because I haven't been active in the music scene for maybe only like five or six years. But a whole bunch of my friends played in bands. Well, not a whole bunch. A few of them played in bands. And I crossed paths with the Ancient Elm guys quite a bit. And I uh, befriended them online. And I've known them for a while, even before I got into the music scene uh, to play. And they're just fun guys all around. I absolutely love sharing shows with them. You know, I think I've played on a show with them maybe four or five times over the last few years. uh, Including one in my hometown, which was really fun. It was fun to bring them up here and, and play a show. So uh, we sit down and we talk about all sorts of things. We talk about the the new single that just came out called Mount Shasta. We talk about the upcoming single, which comes out tomorrow, if you're listening to this, that uh, the day the uh, podcast comes out. It's April 1st. It comes out April 1st, 2022. Uh, So that's tomorrow. Check it out. There's going to be a new single. Uh, Links are down below. Otherwise, find their stuff anywhere online. Just search for Ancient Elm. We also talk about Ancient Elm doing mini tours back in the day, things like that. We talk about how they write their music and all sorts of good stuff. This is a really good episode. Uh, We get off track on some of the topics, and we just kind of just spill all over and have a good conversation all around. It's really good sitting down talking with Taylor. We don't talk a whole lot, but uh, I feel like I've known him for a long time. So it was just a nice, comfortable conversation. So I really enjoy that. Check this one out. It's episode number 183 with Taylor Thompson from Ancient Elm. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. I'm sitting down today with Taylor Thompson. Taylor. Uh, you and I have kind of known each other for a while. I mean, I've known you through the Dark Mirror guys from like 10 plus years ago. You know, I'd seen you with them, you know, multiple times. I recall once, um, let's see here, Clint had just joined Dark Mirror, so it would have been like 2000, maybe eight, somewhere in there, nine, something, I don't know, right around that time span. And uh, yeah, probably somewhere in there. Anyways, I... uh I think I'd seen you guys play in Fort Dodge with Dark Mirror on one occasion, and it was way back when, you know, probably 2010, 11, somewhere in there, and that was like one of my first exposures to like heavy music, you know, live in in my area. There wasn't too much of that going on, and you're from like the Sac City area, or I guess that's where you're based out of at the moment, and uh, so you would know just as much as I would that there's not too much like super heavy music coming out around this area. 
No, it's a uh, it's rare, but it's always fun. To, I remember when um, yeah, did you live in Humboldt like your whole life, pretty much? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, do you remember the band Vernaculus? No, I do not. They're from Omaha, and they came up and played at this uh, ballroom we had in Lakeview. Because I grew up in Lakeview. Okay. And they had a ballroom called the Lakewood Ballroom, and these bands would come up and play there. And they were, it was like during like the new metal era, like 2004, 2003, somewhere in there. So I got to catch, you know, just like, whoa, this metal band from Omaha playing in Lakeview. This is just crazy. But then, like, once that was done, it, like, slumped. Like, like nothing came around here ever after that. That's kind of wild. Is it just, like, because the venue quit booking shows or it's gone? Or, like, how did that all work out? Yeah. I don't really know what they did with it. It's one of those, like, you know, these small towns all have their own little landmarks of, oh, this used to be where the prom and all the weddings were and stuff. And... That's kind of what that place is, mm-hmm. but from what I heard, it's kind of a storage building now. I don't really know. Yeah, I oh gosh, I I just imagine like, what are the taxes like on a building like that? You know, and what does it cost to heat it, et, et cetera, et cetera? You know, like all the upkeep's got to be expensive. You know, and it's not like oh any, sure, it's not like anyone's making a zillion dollars booking bands. You know, so it's uh, <laughs> I don't That's know. That's no shit. I don't want to just call it out, but I think alcohol sales might be like one of the few things saving the saving grace for live music. Oh my gosh, for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. I made a joke once. I don't know if it's a alcohol, like if you're drinking alcohol, if you like live music or if like the only people that like live music have to be drunk. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I made that joke a while back. I don't know. It's not a great way to open up a music podcast. (laughs) No, I feel that, you know, I was, I was, you're not wrong because everybody's usually hammered in ancient Elm shows. So it's like, well, maybe we're just a band that you just got to be super hammered to enjoy. No, you know, you never know, I guess. I don't know. To each their own, if that's the <laughs> way it is. But yeah, I don't know. It's It kind of doesn't really matter. I've played with a lot of different types of bands, and I think it's just the crowd of people in general. Like, there could be 100 people in the crowd, and if there's five really drunk people, you notice them more than any of the other 95, you know? So you kind of just, like, notice that. But I do notice... Yeah, it's just a good time. I was gonna say I do know I did just notice that uh, for the people watching on the Patreon, there's a a flyer behind you actually with Ancient Elm and Dark Mirror like right behind you, so that's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, these that... are they? Back? Can you read it? Like is it? It's, or is it back? It's right side from. It's the correct way for me. That... Okay, well I'll put my phone back a little bit so you can kind of see the whole thing. Yeah, the lower left one, you guys. It's right right there, Ancient Elm, Dark Mirror, Lakeview. That's awesome. Oh yeah, there it is. Hard to do with the front. I'm using the front camera here. Oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, that's oh, yeah, awesome. That, then I got some over here. These are all. It's kind of funny. It's like an era, because when I started the band, well, I didn't start the band by myself, obviously, but there were some other guys in the band, and we we played a bunch of shows around, and I saved every flyer that we played. So these shows were all played with four members in ancient gnome because we weren't a three piece yet. Oh, wow. So like all of them, like there's some shows with like index case. Oh, sorry. It's all sorry. good. Uh, index cases up there and, uh, dead horse traumas up there. Intro, not the maw. 
Oh. Well, there's all kinds of like a bunch of little history in these little flyers. So how long have you been doing H and Elm then? Have Have you been in it since its inception? Yeah, I started it with a friend named Justin Snyder. He played in uh, King of the Tramps. Oh, I don't know if you remember those, that band. Yep. He played in that band for a while. And uh, Blake Moore and Gavin Galbraith, the four of us started it. And then, you know, just we were all like really, it was like in 2007, 2000, no, 2006. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was a long time ago. And we, anyway, we started the band, you know, and as you grow up and life changes and you move and things happen. And then we ended up, the three of us, me, Dave, and Gertis. Well, Eric. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I figured that one out. I mean, that's the, the other thing. Like, I've known I've known each of you guys for a while. I've played shows with you and things like that. So I do kind of have a little bit of an in with you. But how did the band transform been from... friends forever. What's that? Been Facebook friends forever. Yeah, it's official. It's Facebook official for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, how did the band end up going from four-piece to three-piece? Was it out of necessity? Was it just easier to manage three people? Do you miss having four people? Oh, yeah. It's, I don't know if I would say, like, I don't know. It's different. It was definitely a transition because it really was kind of crazy. Like we started off, it was three guitar players and a drummer. <laughs> and then two of the guitar players sang, so we had no bass player. And then, uh, I don't know how it all happened, but Eric ended up coming in and playing bass. And then we were a four-piece. And then Blake left. And then, oh, I don't know. It's, there's a lot. There's a long line of how it became, I guess. It just kind of evolved that way. There wasn't really, like, anything that made it that way. Just all the way it happened, you know? Yeah, it just it just evolved in the way because like it was really kind of cool because Eric and I were roommates at the time, <clears throat> and and Dave, I think he just had moved back. I don't know, man. Well, we'll all have to like sit down and talk about this because <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of missing here. But either way, it just turned out awesome that way, and we just liked it that we just kind of kept it the power trio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys do very well doing a trio. Um, uh, the the guitar work is great. Uh, he does a good job of. You guys still doing the two amp thing? Yeah, he's got like a weird setup. I don't really know how he does that. That's yep. a guitar thing. Yeah, we had sat down and talked about it a couple times over the internet. And I was like, well, you could do this or this or this or this, and he found something that worked for him. And we spun some ideas off each other, and he's got something he said he really likes. So, uh, you know, hats off to him for having the complex setup and the determination to bring it to every show. Yeah. Those things aren't light. No. I mean, that's, that might be like the one benefit the drummer has, like everything you have is big and awkward. At least it's not like mega heavy, but it's all just big and awkward. Yeah. Nothing's heavy, but it's funny. Like when you got like your bass drum in your front and then you got like a Tom or something bigger in your hands and then you're just kind of trying to get through a door. You're just like a, bouncing off the <laughs> frames that's something that never, like it's not one of those things like oh i'd be playing drums so long i never do this but it happens every time every time every time <laughs> always 
friggin' awkward. <laughs> well, the band has changed members uh, over the course of the years, but uh, when I talked to Dave when he was on the podcast, he was like, you should hear the stuff from before I was in the band. And I was like, huh, I don't know if I really have sat down and listened to much of that. So he sent me a link to some stuff that was uh, some of your guys' like first material you had ever made from before he was in the band. And it was, I think he sent me an album online or maybe it was a playlist or maybe it was just one song that was i don't know but anyways i remember it being a uh, very like 80s into the 90s metal like kind of thrashy or kind of feeling and uh you guys are now no. more i don't really want to call you guys now it's uh doomier i don't know but not doom it's it's something i just feel like uh vocally you're heavier now etc but uh you guys have changed sounds over the course of since you guys started till now. Yes. Well, music's changed. Everybody's flavors change a little bit, and you just get different inspirations from different places. Yeah, I guess is how I put it. Um, and like you said, we had all these different members changing, and everybody's like, you know, just. And then the nice thing it was like it evolved. It wasn't like there was turmoil or somebody didn't like this or that or egos. It was always just. Hey man, I found a really awesome job. I'm gonna go take this, and or hey, I'm having a kid. I'm gonna do this. You know, it's it's always been good. So I think that's what helped transition the music to keep it going too. Is like we never had turmoil amongst us. Yeah, I guess having the different members probably helped. You know, their different influences kind of probably changed the music as as they came in and out. And everybody's super cool. Like you. At uh, like if we play a, a local show, we'll have a friend that had been in the band before, and he'll come hang out. You know, it's really nice. It's like camaraderie that never ends. Yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, so being the drummer in the band, uh, this is something that always intrigues me. So you've been in the band the longest. Uh, it's kind of your baby, and do. You, I don't assume that the drummer does much like quote unquote songwriting. Like I'm using like huge air quotes for people watching, <laughs> but, uh, cause I mean like someone can come to you with an idea and you can obviously add to it or change it or be like, you know, change the order of something or do this twice and then come back to this part or whatever. But you can't really like sit down with a guitar and do riffs or are you secretly a guitar player too? I, I don't know if I would say I write much stuff, but I do have guitar ideas. I play a lot of guitar, acoustic guitar. Woo! And, <laughs> and I'll send stuff to Dave, and he'll just do what he does with it, or I'll send it to Eric. And like we have a group message that you know, I'll send stuff to, and that's kind of how we do it sometimes. Not all of them, but some some riffs have gone that route. Like this new this new uh, new single we have we're doing that's gonna come out this next is April first. That one there's like one riff. It's like more of a lick than a riff. But I wrote this little part in the song on the guitar, and Dave's like, "Yeah, I like that." Then he just like spiced it up. Oh, I mean that's awesome! It's so much fun to have like somebody to bounce an idea off of like that. Um, I th I feel like without it. There's definitely a lot of limitations. I mean, it it just makes sense because it's like brainstorming an idea with somebody else, but it's just music instead of, you know, whatever else. I guess. Oh yeah, we're it's always it's an 
always we're always, I don't know we're always writing like well there's so many there's little video clips we'll send each other and stuff audio clips and all that is amongst our group messages and whatnot. It's just it's cool like oh that's cool and then we'll get together like on Sunday we'll get together and oh this is cool let's try this and that and because we don't write music with computers we write it with just like in a room we yeah just, we get we get the vibe you know we don't rely on technology to send you a a riff at this BPM and I want you to do this and that it's like hey let's we'll all get together and jam it out and feel it. You know, that's, that is something I was talking to somebody recently about was like, there's different ways to write music and in three finger Betty, we're kind of the same way. Like nobody had ever written anything down until like I joined the band. I'm like, does anybody even have lyrics written down for any of this? Like, no, we don't. You know, it's like, well, let's write some lyrics down and I'll slap some chords on top of it. And we'll, that'll be the shell of the song in case somebody else needs to come in and play this. It's a, a little easier, but you know, they, they never sat down and wrote stuff down and been like these are the basic chords, these are the basic lyrics, this is kind of how we're going to do it, it may be this many BPMs, you know, there's there's never any of that, we just kind of go out there and do it, um, which is, I think, more conducive to songwriting based on feel as opposed to constructing it based on, like, what you might view the rules of songwriting might be. Are there rules? Well, I don't know, there's rules, but they're okay, they're okay to be broken. I always wondered that, like, you know, like, I look at writing music like we do just, you know, like like I said, we get together and we, we jam and we see what we like and we put it together and make a big crock pot of riffs. And then we put it into a meal. (laughs) It's, I don't really know. Like, is that incorrect to do it that way? You know, are we supposed to be doing it with MP3 and wave files through each other's house from miles apart? Like, how do you, you know, what is the right way? Well, I mean, it is possible. I've done a bit of both. Let me put it that way. So, like, I definitely don't think it's as creative to do it. Like, if I was just sitting at my house and I recorded something and sent you a stem and was just like, slap some drums on this and send me your drum stem and I'll plug it into mine. If if, I, if we went that route, it just feels like it's been machined out and it feels kind of listless or, like, sterile or, like, something like that. You know, it I think some of what I enjoy about songwriting on the fly with people is the fact that there's camaraderie because you're like with someone else. Yeah, I can agree with that. Plus, like if you send a riff to somebody and you're like, check this out, like what would you play to this? And they play something and then you're like, wait, hold on. What if you played something a little more different? And and then they're like, you know, just the... How long would it take for you to convey an idea to somebody? Like, what are you gonna do? Like, record a stem of you being like, "No, I want you to play more like na 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 na." You know, like you're not gonna be like doing that kind of stuff. I don't know. Maybe you would, but I, I have. I totally. <laughs> I, I, we we had that conversation today. The three of us were <laughs> Curtis and Gamer. I forget what it was, but it was like ba ba da 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 ba 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 ba. And like that's something I always am notorious for doing is like being the <laughs> voicing the notes of wah da wah 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 wah. You know, do that part. You're the Jack Black <laughs> of the band. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, they they give me a hard time about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you play a little bit of guitar, does anybody else in the band play a little bit of drums? You guys ever do the old switcheroo and? 
swap out parts. We've talked about it. We've never done it yet, but we've always talked about it. Like, Gerda's playing drums and I play bass for something. Well, maybe sometime we will. Oh, It'd be gosh. fun. It would be tons of fun. Just a bus, even if it was just for like one song, or if you just had like one nonsense song that's like a minute long for you just to switch for fun. Yeah, just some like real crazy blast beat or something for just a minute straight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think, and then, and then that's it. Yeah, I mean, like some forty-one used to do it every now and then. It's like we're gonna do a rap song for like no reason. It's gonna be short, and here you go. And like the singer's gonna drum, so deal with it. Pain for pleasure. That was so awesome. Oh my gosh, there's actually a live version of uh, the my high school band doing Pain for Pleasure, and Clint's on the drum, my Clint's on the drums, and I'm playing guitar and singing. <laughs> That's awesome. It's for real. I'll have to send it to you after this because it's uh. I'm so yeah, Willie. I would love to check that out. I <laughs> love that was my favorite. I bought the the CD of the All Killer No Filler. Yep. But it wasn't the album. It was called the Seven Series. So it was like an EP of the album. Okay. But Pain for Pleasure was it the last song on there? Yep. So I, I got that's like I always went to that song and I always wanted them to sound more like that. Oh yeah. Um, let's see here. Like I feel like they're like does this look infected got a little heavier, but it still didn't quite achieve the vocals that you know the drummer had thrown in there when he was doing the vocals on that song. But I love some forty one so much. Dude, yeah, me too. Have you ever checked out their guitarists? Uh, he had an, uh, he had another band for a while. They were more like thrash punk. Brown Sound? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I did not know he went to another band. I thought he just quit and then didn't want to be in the band for a while. Yeah, he was doing something else, and it was, like like I said, like thrash punk kind of stuff. It was pretty cool. Um, definitely, you could, feel, you could feel a lot of his influence in it. I liked the Chuck album, probably. Like, there's a song on there, like, number six, I think. But it always has, like, the blackened vibe. Like, you know, Metallica's blackened. Mm-hmm. How, how that, that galloping riff he has at the beginning of that song. Sounds like that song on Chuck. Oh, nice. I'll have, like, to, yeah. I'll have to double down and check that out. That's probably the one of their albums I listen to the least amount, unfortunately. Oh, like, number six. Right. I think that's the track. I don't, I don't know the name. I just know the track because I'm a CD kid. Like, I, you know, you're like, what's this song? I don't know. It's like number 12 on the album. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally, <laughs> I totally get that. Uh, yeah. I'm probably pretty bad. I'm better with artists than I am with names of songs. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm a song uh, track, like the number. I never really remembered the songs. Like, it's ridiculous. I can go through, like, Wait and Bleed was number four on Slipknot's first album. And, you know, that, and like, Dig was number two on Mud Veins. It's like, that's dumb. Why, why do I even remember that stuff today? I, I don't know. I'm sure you have a bunch of phone numbers memorized from back in the day, too, though. Like, oh, God, I know. It's terrible. Like, how many people's home phone numbers that are probably even, and I'm not trying to be morbid, but how many people that are like dead's phone numbers do you still have? Like, remember, like, I've, I've got a pile of them in my brain still that. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't know why. Like, I remember my wife's dad's. Uh, like, like they're not passed away or nothing, but like his house phone, I think he got disconnected 
like two years ago. And I used to call that number all the time when I would talk to my wife, because obviously this was before any type of social media. I don't think MySpace was even around yet. Oh my gosh. I'm that old. I'm just, this makes me think like, uh, MSN messenger and all that other stuff back in the day. Yeah. That, that was a thing. Yeah. We, we had that. Yep. Oh my God. I didn't even text you, dude. I couldn't even text people. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I don't know. It's just a different thing. Like I grew up and there's a lot of people when I went to school and they had cell phones and things like that. And like, I didn't get one until like, you know, the end of my junior year or something, you know? And then by the time I was a senior in high school, I had like bought my own cell phone and had my own plan and stuff. Felt like such a big man, you know? Like, but I mean, that's a grown up. Yeah, I mean, but also you think about it, like, when you first started playing drums, there wasn't too many resources out there other than, like, magazines or face-to-face interactions with people. There wasn't any, like, uh, I mean, YouTube was still just a glint in the eye of what was going on, and there's not really much online for, like, resources to learn things. Oh, yeah, it was always, I remember going to Carol, they had an on-cue, was what the music store was. And then it was like on cue, Sam Goody, FYE, and then it closed up shop. <clears throat> but they had like a music selection area where there was, uh, they had the, the fuck's it called? I don't know, it was like a really popular guitar book, like instructional night. Like came with a CD and everything with it. Oh, okay. Um, Hal Leonard, is that Hal, right? Yeah, Hal, Hal Leonard did instruction books. Yeah, a bunch of those would be there. And. They had drum ones, so I bought one of those drum books one time to try it out. And that was, I'll be honest, is fucking stupid. <laughs> it was the worst investment ever. <laughs> I actually just started playing in the... I, I played in band in school. So, I mean, I was in band since I was in fifth grade. So I went to the band instructor, and they had a drum set set up in like one of the practice rooms, so it was like all sound dead and all that. Mm-hmm. So he'd let me just wail on the drums back there and just he just closed me up in there he'd like shut the door and it'd be like a study hall or something and i would just go in there and tear it up yeah i remember that was like a thing in our school too for a while like somebody would put the every now and then they put the drum set in like one of the bigger practice rooms and then just tear it up in there and blast away on the drums I'm not gonna lie it was clint yeah, i mean you know but <laughs> i don't doubt it Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember one time he put like this giant drum set in a room that was like, like once he got it in there, he had to like back everything in there to like get it all in there. And then he was stuck <laughs> in the room pretty much. Like that's how tight the squeeze was. And he's still in there just jamming out. Cause it's like, why not? I guess, you know, <laughs> that is awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, he's been a madman forever. And I mean, I think that's one of the funnest things about like playing shows with you and running into you is knowing that you've got like such a good rapport with, with him and and like another band that I had so much interaction with, you know, being Dark Mirror, and you know, I just know that you guys in Ancient Elm are always just out there to have a fun time. You play great music. You're always tight. You know, that was something that when I saw you guys recently at the uh, Night of Metal that they had in Fort Dodge, um, if, I don't want to sound like I don't want to make this sound weird, but like I I, rec- I, re- I recognized a couple of the songs you played, and I was like, cool, I recognize a couple of these songs. Because it's not like I listen to your music every day, but I've heard it enough to recognize it. I think some of it comes from Mason playing it on the Regional Rock Hour, too. You know, I think 
one of the funnest ones was when I heard a song on there once and I was like, who is this? And then it was just like, that was ancient Elm. And I'm like, that's ancient Elm doing that. Like, that's wild. That's good music. You know? So like that sucked. Oh my God. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> They're not that good. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but I had, Sorry. I was talking to Dave and I was like, dude, I recognized a couple of those songs. He's like, well, most of them are new. So you probably only would have recognized a couple. And, uh, you guys have been making new music, which is, uh, you know, it's one of those things during COVID, it seemed like, I don't know how many bands are going to live through COVID and you guys came out the other end making new music, which is really awesome. Oh, that was a terrible time. Holy shit. That was, that was horrible for everybody. You know, not just us. I mean, everybody went through some pretty terrible moments in that moment, but we all, that was, yeah, definitely was crazy because 2019 was our last show until this last one you were just talking about, you know, so that's like about three years. So that was our first show we played in three years with guys that weekend. So that's pretty crazy. Like there was a huge gap there. We've never, never done anything like that. We always do like a, a tour of some sort, you know, not like giant nationwide, you know, those short runs every year. We always did at least one until 2019 from like 2012 to 2019. Then it just stopped. That was crazy. Yeah, I mean, that was something else I was, I think we talked about a little bit before the episode, but uh, you guys usually do, and like you said, it's not like it's world tour, we're going to Canada, Mexico, and we're getting on a plane and going to Europe, it's not like that, but it's, you guys still hit like 10, 15 big-ish cities in like seven or eight different states, and that's, I mean, honestly, that's quite the long haul to be doing regardless because i mean you guys all are regular people with regular jobs and doing stuff so yeah it's pretty awesome though that we were able to do that though that's comforting like, uh, uh like we have good support systems hold on a second i'm gonna show you something here a little thing we've been keeping track of Just all those little runs do, you know and we just put a little tack and we go somewhere that's wild. So everybody watching on the Patreon, he's, uh, well, I guess for people not watching, he's showing a map and it has like uh, pins on it everywhere they've been. How many states have you been to? Do you know off the top of your head? Playing music. Uh, Jesus. 20, maybe? 20? So you've knocked 20, about 25. half of them off? That's pretty wild, dude. I think, because we've been through everywhere out west, we've played at least once. I think except for Arizona. Hmm. And then, so, I mean, I don't know, close. We'll, we'll just go with 20. That's pretty wild. So what, what, that's been a pretty cool. What made you decide yeah, to start going well, on these yeah, tours? Too, so. Uh, nobody, uh, like nobody's going to do it for you. You just kind of do it yourself, I guess. And we got, inspired we played with some bands down at like um gee many christmas i keep doing this uh, to you it's totally fine <laughs> well i set that back button on my phone where you can tap it and it clicks off i shouldn't have done that and now i regret it <laughs> but anyway um we played some shows down in des moines <clears throat> with metro concerts live you know, did the whole, we all learned about the selling the tickets and playing the shows and everything. And 
we decided that it would be kind of cool to be that band. Like, how do you get to be that band that shows up from California and Iowa or Iowa and Washington or Oregon? How, how does that band get there? Like, fuck, I don't have a clue. (laughs) (laughs) And so we went and did some research and pretty much just started sending out emails to, well, because this was, you know, Facebook was like still evolving with that stuff. So we were take like a, a band like Intronaut for instance super awesome band that we really like but they really didn't have like a huge following at the time so they played a lot of small venues mm-hmm. which would be venues we could play so what we would do is the previous stuff would be like oh let's go there because there must be somewhat of a market there for this type of you know music so we just kind of send out emails and ask if we can play at their venues so and just I don't know that's just wanted to do that I guess. So did you try? And, did you tag on to shows that they were already playing, or did you just see where they played and then just hit up the venues they played at? That we saw, yeah, we used previous like tour flyers so, and just look at them like, oh, they played there last year, so it's got to be you know it's just like a, a gamble. I didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know how else to out about places yeah i mean that's probably one of the toughest things too is like <clears throat> within your state it's not terribly hard to find out where you can <clears throat> play and where you can't play and i guess social media has made it pretty easy you can just hop in some facebook group where it's like you know montana metalheads or something it's just like where's all the cool local bands play at around montana and then you get 40 replies and away you go you know but yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely easier now than it, than it used to be. And I'm always intrigued by people that, because I got to see just the very beginning of this before the internet kind of made everything super connected, you know, like Facebook had just barely, you know, started or anything like that. So it's, it's kind of fun to see how people that have been doing it as long as you have kind of started it all out and where they got their first ideas to do things like that, because it's not... It's not as easy as you think it is. I mean, it's, I don't even think it would be easy to set up like an Iowa tour. Like, and and we have the availability to know all the the venues here. You know. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's it is work, but it's weird. It's weird. Like, like I didn't really think about it until you just said it. How it, how there was a line that crossed at some point. Like when, like when our musical career started to kind of go ahead and do our into our adult lives. And like, it's like we like we're the old guys now. Like, oh, we used to do it back this way, but now if I talk to somebody that's booking a tour that's twenty years old, they probably have a totally different like business plan. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, not to bring up the old guy thing, but I was just recently thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm like a thousand years old. I mean, I played in a band with a kid for a while that was 17 and i'm like damn i doubled his age when i was 17 somebody that was you know my age it's just like what are you four thousand years old like you know like <laughs> this you old fuck yeah i know we we're the old guys that show up to the shows now it's awesome yep oh my gosh you gotta stretch before you get on stage <laughs> i stretch. I, it's ridiculous <laughs> it makes you feel better though yeah, yeah, I mean, well, you're a drummer, so you got a little bit more of an excuse to stretch, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, I'm just gonna be playing guitar and not moving much, so. 34-year-old man. 
old man. Yeah. Look at this shit, man. I got salt and pepper growing all over the place. I'm starting to get that too, but at least you still got it all up top. Chicks dig it. Yep. <laughs> yep. My uh, one chick I have. <laughs> and yeah, I was just thinking, thank God they make hats. Um, so maybe chicks will <laughs> dig what I got going on. No, <laughs> the hats are looking good these days. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. So you do have you do have some new music uh, that did recently come out. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you had a single drop not too long ago. Was that uh, Mount Shasta? Yes. All right. We did a fun song. Yes, uh, I listened to it on Spotify before the interview. I I see I see you guys have uh, anything. I look when somebody releases it from on the, like the local scene. I'm like, has it cleared a thousand listens on Spotify? Because that's like the number that now it'll start tallying and you can see it rise. It's either below a thousand or some random number, and uh, I saw that it cleared a thousand already, which is which is awesome. Yeah, it's been really receptive. Receptive is that the word? Yes. But it's been awesome because <clears throat> I pitched it to. Uh, <coughs> yeah, damn. I I don't know pitched it or what the word I'm trying to use is, but it got onto some playlists on Spotify too. I think like. 18 different playlists it's on right now mm-hmm. they got featured on. pretty cool i none of our songs have really ever been put on a playlist that i know of so that was pretty cool to know i mean somebody's complete strangers are listening to our music and that's neat it's a really cool to expose your art to all these people yeah oh yeah i i tried pretty much everything when betty's ep came out i was just like well let's go through reddit and see if somebody has a reddit forum that's accepting like you know it's like hey you've you've got a band uh that's punk music you know throw a comment or whatever you know try my best to find places where i can promote without looking like i'm some guy with a you know a sandwich signboard or something like that just being a shill (laughs) but oh dude and the shit out of people when our single came out (laughs) sure did (laughs) i I fucking bombarded it because honestly, I mean, what else are you going to do? Because we don't have a promotional company. We don't have anybody <clears throat> writing for us in the magazines or anything like that. We're not doing radio interviews. So we're not on big tours. We're, we're, there were three guys. <clears throat> yeah. And honestly, it does take a lot of work. No matter how much research you want to do, it takes a lot of work. Like, uh, one of the things I did was like, I tried to find, uh, like internet radio stations that, enjoyed like hard rock music and then i just like found a bunch of them and emailed them and sent them like a link to where to listen to our stuff etc and a few of them got back to me and threw us in the rotation for a while but you know that's another one of those things like you never know if it's gonna be hit or miss or whatever like the weirdest one was in uh hell i don't remember like scottsdale arizona of all places and it has like a zillion listens like one of our songs has like way more listens there than anywhere and it's like okay like, sounds good. Like, this one song got on this guy's playlist, and somebody liked it, and they listened to it a bunch. So you never know who's going to listen to it, though. That's that's also, like, the fun part about it. Oh, yeah, because there's a lot of bands out there I listen to that people have no idea that they exist because they're, they're bands just like Ancient Elm, you know? Got a few thousand followers on Facebook and play some regional tours, come back home to our families and our day jobs, and that's life like that's there's so many bands out there like that and they're so talented it makes you really wonder like how the hell are you not up there with mastodon or opening for any of these huge bands right now 
Yeah, I guess it does kind of make you wonder that. I, I just, I think to myself, like, is is there the availability to do that, you know? Um, it doesn't seem like there's too many, like, super huge bands going out on giant tours anymore, uh, the way it used to be anyways. No. It's so much, I don't know. Like, I don't know the business aspect of it all, so I can't say things like, Oh, it's all the money they got and stuff. Like, I don't know if that's the truth or anything. You know, I'm not in that business part of it. But, like, I always wonder, like, if I was a rich kid, you know, and I had to be, if I could throw a bunch of money at something, like, would it be able to get on one of those big tours? So I've seen, I mean, I don't want to, like, rip on any bands, but I've, I'll phrase this correctly. I've seen bands open up for bigger bands that were not my preferred type of music that did not didn't catch me as well. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's negative, but, and I wonder to myself, how the heck did he, this band get to play with such an iconic band? Like, we'll just use Mastodon again. Cause I love that band. Mm-hmm. It's like, how did you guys get to open for Mastodon? You're not even that great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it happens. Yeah. Some of it could be just networking. You know, some of it could be nepotism. And that's what I mean. Like, so I don't know, like, the truth of it or, like, how it is. So I can't rip on nobody about it. But I always wonder, like, that'd be awesome to be able to get up in there with those guys. I don't know how we got into this topic. I don't I don't know either. I honestly don't know either. But that's uh, that's podcasting. That's showbiz, baby. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, new single uh, recently came out. Um <laughs> Let's see, once again, it is called Mount Shasta. If you guys want to check it out, it's available for streaming pretty much everywhere you can stream things. I found it on uh, YouTube and Spotify. Uh, I bet it's pretty much everywhere else. I mean, that's... Yeah, and all the digital stuff. Our We have a distribution company we work with called Dungeon Distributions. And <clears throat> he does everything, the digital uploads and all that. So it should be like on all the... Like Deezer and all the weird outlets too. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it's always fun to like pull up the stats for that, and you're like, somebody listened on Napster. Like that's still a thing. <laughs> yeah i I checked our Deezer, and I don't ever use Deezer, so I checked it. I think we had like nine nine followers on there. Huh. Hmm. We. Yeah. I've never never once used Deezer, so I that, those are. Those are nine very organic follows. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I mean, it just makes me wonder, like, is that something that's going to be the next, like, whatever, TikTok or something that we probably should have all been hopped on and, and been pushed towards and originally, and that's what all the kids are using and we don't know it or what? Oh, man, I don't know. It, there's something, though. Something's out there. Yeah, I mean, that's... I was gonna say that's probably one of the other things about like the music scene now is I feel like it's changing so fast that there's no real right or like you said earlier there's no real right or wrong way to go about doing anything anymore. Yeah, just do it. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, like a good example would be like singles. They used to be a thing back in the day, and sometimes it was like, here's just like a random one-off song that we're gonna make, and it's boom, single time. Other times it was like, here's the single, this is like a really popular song from the album. Maybe if we can coax some people into buying a single that wouldn't want to buy the whole album. Okay, so there's like another concept. 
But then, like, for a while, singles became, like, an avenue for people to release B-sides that wouldn't normally be on the album. So you buy the single, you get an extra song that's, that's not on the album. It's on the B-side. Um, so that's where all that kind of, generally speaking, came from. But, like, nowadays, I feel like singles have, like, come back to being, like, a promotional tool for the album that is forthcoming. Or I've seen people that are, instead of releasing an album every year, it's like, I can release a single every single month. And it's the same thing as releasing an album in a year, but now I have 12 opportunities to get in people's ears over the course of the year, you know? So there's, I don't know. There's yeah. not, not, not really right or wrong way to do it, but. I think it depends on your genre too, because you get some people that are really into math metal and they'll sit there and I'm one of those people and just listen and listen to like, Okay, those 12 songs you put out in the year. Listen to each one of them. Okay. But that same person might not listen to the song that is only like a minute and a half long from a different genre. Like I think the genre has something to do with how how they're going to approach it. The, listen to the whole album or are they going to listen to just the single? Yeah. You know, just, I don't know. Depends on how you like your flavor. That's true. That's true. And like you said, like if your album includes like a one minute song, are you going to like be like, all right, March's single is a one minute song. You know, like, are you going to do something like that if you're releasing it the route going just all singles? But <clears throat> you were talking a uh, math rock, correct? Yeah. Or, just, you know, just stuff that you have to let you listen to and like really latch on to. Yes. Uh, I found myself diving super deep down that rabbit hole for a while. And it, I think it's one of my favorite genres because it's, I feel like it's the closest thing to like metal and jazz meeting like Muzak in general. Like I could just like put on math rock in the background and just do work. I can do whatever I want and I, you know, I can pay attention to it or I can not. And it's just soothing. And there's usually not too many words involved with most of the bands. I'd say like 90% of them don't have any words with them. So. I, don't know. I love, I love instrumental music like, oh Pelican. Do you ever listen to that band? I'm writing it down right now. Oh my gosh, dude, Pelican is awesome. That's seriously, they're them in Russian circles. Those guys are, they're two. They're both instrumental bands, but they're almost different genres. But they could play a show together. I'm totally writing them down. Yeah, I. uh I don't know what it is about it, but I think some of it just comes down to the fact that that's kind of like that kind of stuff is what I hear in my head when my brain just makes random music. So like, it's nice to hear other people that can actually like transcribe it out of their brain into airwaves for me to listen to, you know? Oh yeah. Sometimes it's fun to have just those random, you know, you like a guitar riff idea. Like the other day I thought of a riff and I just tried to play it on guitar and then I said, it's Dave. I said, man, I just love how that works. I just get those random ideas of writing music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> it's a weird feeling. So speaking of random ideas of writing music, uh, you do have an upcoming single. It is called uh, Red Shifted, if I, if I uh, researched correctly. Is that the right name? You did. It Woo! is correct. All right. Uh, that comes out April 1st, right? So that's not, that's like right around the corner. No joke. All right. Uh, so uh, let's see here. If you share me, share me the, uh, like the capture all link for that. I'm sure you have one where it's like, click this if you want to subscribe to 
whatever or something. If you could share with me anything like that, I'll put it down below in the description section for sure. Um, otherwise, this is going to come out before... Uh, let me double check my calendar. Yeah, this will come out before April 1st, so we'll have to um, find a way to like at least link to something. Uh, if, otherwise, just go to Ancient Elm. I, it's all there. I, if you search Ancient Elm on... Uh, I searched it on YouTube recently, and you guys were like the first handful of returns, so it shouldn't be too hard uh, to find. We're starting to be able to show up on people's searches. <laughs> That's a good feeling, you know? Um, That's when you made... Yes. Uh, it's either that or you have to have like a ludicrous band name like Three Finger Betty. And then it's like, well, nobody's ever going to name anything ever anything close to that. So congratulations. You're first. I love that band name. That's seriously my favorite. <laughs> and, and you know what? The first time we played together, I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I did not understand it. That's how fucking stupid I am sometimes. <laughs> what? Well, the person with three fingers. <laughs> I was like, I was like three finger Betty. That's hilarious. Yeah, he's missing the other two fifths. He plays the guitar with three fingers. Yep. Oh my god, I get it now. Oh, I get it. It was a lawnmower accident. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it was lawnmower the whole time. I thought it was not. <laughs> oh my gosh. Love- so let me ask you this then. You got a new single coming out, so that'll be two singles that you've uh, released in the recent. Well, one in the recent past and one in the very near future. Are you guys going to keep going the single route, or is this some teasers for a full album that you've got recorded, or both? Both. Both. Well, the Dave's birthday's in February, Eric's birthday's in April, my birthday's in June. So we're all putting out three singles on our birthday months because because nice. why not? It's our birthdays. Yeah, and. So the record, the plan that we discussed, so it's like this has just been discussion. Like we have the album pretty much ready, but it's going to be a two-part album. Okay, you with me? Mm-hmm. So, we're gonna, so we're doing part one will be finished this year. Like for we go back in May to finish three or four more songs, I think. We'll record those ones in May. And then, so we'll probably kick like another single out in like, I don't know, well, June, obviously, my birthday. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, like in August, maybe do another single. And then in September, maybe do like the whole rest of the album out, you know? And then I think it'd be really fun to do, me and Dave talked about it too, uh, picking like three or four songs that we've already written and turn them into acoustic songs Hmm. and then do like a, um, like a little EP release, probably do it all in singles as well. I mean, why not? It's just like you said, it's more opportunity to get in people's ears, but Mm -hmm. put this EP together and have four or five songs we've already done, but an acoustic. And then when that's finished and while that's kind of going, then we'll come in, and finish and do the part two of the record we've been working on and have a nice, have a nice uh, piece of art, you know, like you know, part one, part two. I mean, cause the songs were written really, I mean, if you want to get really deep into it, I mean, the songs were written um, from 2019 until like 2021. And in the midst of that time, I mean, there was, 
a lot of loss. Um, a lot, a lot of, you know, we had death and divorce and just crazy things went on in our lives that we never thought would ever happen. But we all went through something like that during that time period. For some fucking reason, everybody had the worst time of their lives. And so the part one, a lot of those songs were pretty much written during that time period of our lives, which really, in my opinion, does show through the music. Like you can almost hear the grittiness or the the darkness almost. Like there's some there's just tones that are produced in the studio that just they're dark and you can almost hear the bad. It's weird. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so then the part two, you know, we are we're out of the bullshit. Life is getting to what we say would be more normal and better on our track. And now we're gonna have a whole bunch of more songs we're writing that are gonna be different. And so why not do a part two of showing like, you know, finish up what we started, like a nice big piece of art that tells a story. And I mean, we could sit here for hours talking about this. I mean. I mean, the stories that are behind the, the stories behind the riffs, it's more like, it's not really vocally, um, I would, I mean, some of it is vocally, you know, with the story, but like a lot of the, the stories is in the music itself, like the riffs, the drums, the synthesizers, the whatever we put in the backgrounds, like that's where the story is. And it's really, that's where the hours of talking can come from. I feel like that's a a really good idea though to go like two part with an album though. Um like you said it is kind of like a work of art at that point. Yeah, it's something we've been working on forever and it's like, I shouldn't say forever. We started it and we need to finish it in a I don't know, see how it sounds, you know, it's going to it's going you're going like, to when you start to finish it it's going to be able to you'll be able to tell. I th- I just feel like you'll be able to tell. You'll be able to feel the journey that you guys were on, and you'll be able to take us on your yeah. journey. Yeah, essentially. It's kind of, you know, but it's just going to take a little bit of listening. Yeah. I mean, isn't that kind of like the goal with music anyways, is to try and get get your emotions and feelings like out into something audible so someone else can take them with them somewhere else? Of course, yeah, I think so. That's why. I, that's, I mean, that's what draws us all the music. I think is just that you feel it, you want it, and it's like, oh my gosh, how did you just write? You know, something, something cheesy, for instance. You know, and they can apply for anything. Jack Johnson, I love Jack Johnson, and he has a song that says, "Or over ten years together," and um, what was this over ten years together? Um, and you're still with me or something like that. Well, it's funny. Like I looked at my wife, I was like, Jack Johnson's always been kind of our guy, but he's he's writing our song. Like that's really wild. I never noticed until the other day. Like he wrote like my life right now. That's kind of cool. Like that's music. You know, that happens to a lot of people. Yeah. it's, It's just weird. Yeah, I mean, I guess now it makes more sense, like, as you get older, your music tastes change, and I guess as you get older and you're, you make music, so your music production styles would definitely change, too, where, like, Ancient uh, Elm sounds different now than they used to, and that's because everyone has grown up and, and people have changed, and 
you know, I, obviously members have changed, but that's just kind of the way life goes though. It's, uh, it's kind of fun how that kind of all came full circle there. It's almost like a callback. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> like that. Yeah. It's, it's just, I don't know. It's such a magical thing. It's almost, I don't know. Like I'm so ridiculous with, when it comes to music, I almost get speechless on like how to describe it. It's so magical to me sometimes. Yeah, and it's tough to describe music too, uh, especially if you're not speaking about the mechanics of music, where it's like, well, we're playing, you know, major scale, we're on the first and the fifth here, and, you know, like, without doing any of that, like, you're trying to, it's almost like you're trying to explain what a color looks like to somebody who's never seen one, you know? Yeah, I've never heard that thing before, but that makes perfect sense. Playing a color that hasn't been seen. Yeah, I mean, that was, like, something I remember when I was a kid. Someone was like, try to think up a new color. And I'm like, what? And I, like, my brain, like, exploded as a five-year-old. I'm like, is that possible? <laughs> like, oh, it's hilarious. But, yeah. <laughs> well, <shoot>. Poor child. <laughs> and it was ever since then, I've never been the same. Oh, man. Well, I feel like... That's uh, hilarious. That's... Oh, go for it. I said that's just awesome. I just I'm just envisioning like the moment of like, oh my god, like make a new color. That is, yeah. who the fuck said? I, I don't even remember. It was probably even my like my sister. My sister was all as crazy as it sounds. She was really smart, so she'd know like those types of things to ask me to like make me be like what. And then I have to like really think about stuff. So I don't know. Hats off to her. Oh. Like that was her way of that was her way of picking on me for the most part was to, to like challenge my intellect. So that's what I grew up with. Oh yeah, I get it. I had I have three sisters. I have a younger sister and two older sisters. Oh, bless your soul. No brothers. No brothers. Except for the ancient Elm brothers. The ancient Elm brothers. Those are the only brothers I got. Yep. Only brothers you need. For real. <laughs> we got we even got matching tattoos. So we all got the tree tattoo now. So. Oh, nice, nice. It, it, it's all on our and i just realized it. it's all on our we all have it on our right arm oh cool That's funny. we all got them at different times like i got mine when they did the first album i ever did when i was like 20 or 21 when that first cd we ever did came out and then i got the tree tattoo i thought that was a really cool mm-hmm. idea and, and gertis got his done in dubuque i think after a show and then uh, Dave got his done somewhere else. Like, yeah, all different occasions, but we all got it done. So it was kind of fun. That's really awesome. That's really cool. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's been really fun sitting down talking with you here for the last hour and, uh, everything it's I've got, it has been an hour. Um, Jesus Christ, you we talk forever. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, that's, I try to shoot for about an hour on these podcasts and that's, uh, I mean, it seemed pretty easy for me to, to sit down and talk with you that long, which is kind of crazy. Cause like, even though we're Facebook friends, we don't interact a pile. You know, we we do interact, but not like it's not like I'm sending you memes every day or anything. Well, you can. I'm okay with that. I like I like really inappropriate comedy. I send I send all of the uh, every single Limp Biscuit one I see. I send it to Dave. Well, he needs them. Yeah, because Wes Bowen is his dad. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm just like, well. He likes them, so I'll just send them to him, you know. <laughs> yeah. I love them. Dude, Limp Biscuit is our, like, that's our go-to, you know. Like, we all love Mastodon. We all love the Doom and all that. But, like, if you're going to, like, hop in the van with us and we're going to hit the road for tour, I guarantee you 
we have already listened to at least two or three Limp Bizkit albums before we get to the first show. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> it, it always, like, it's Chocolate Starfish all day. Now we got dad vibes and all that. It's it's stupid. Dude. It's awesome. I listened to Chocolate Starfish so many times growing up. Oh, man. Um, and that was actually the meme I saw today. It was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Starfish, and he had a backwards Fred Durst hat on. <laughs> so yeah i love it (laughs) oh my gosh good stuff well is there anything else i didn't talk about that you want to you want to bring up uh i'll say it again one more time you got a single coming out april 1st it's called red shifted otherwise you do have a single that recently came out called mount shasta check them both out oh it's gonna be good stuff and follow it yeah like share subscribe followers like People are following our Spotify page. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I checked our stats. We had like 90 some followers. Like just when the single came out and then we've accumulated over like five years or however long we've been on Spotify. And then I checked it again today. We got like 113. I'm like, people are like taking the time to like click follow. And I think that's really cool. Honestly, it really is awesome. Um, I mean, those those are the weird stats that like might not mean anything to the people that are clicking follow, but they mean the world to people like you and me, um, who actually sit down and look at the stats. Yeah, I obsess over it. It's ridiculous. Like, it's, like you said, this is my baby. Ancient Elm is my baby. I love music so much. It's like seriously, I have been doing this for so long. Like, I've given over half my life to it. Yeah, and I'm sure my wife is pissed like some days my my poor wife she has missed out on probably so many things before like before we had kids and everything she was obviously my girlfriend but what's she doing like she's gonna wants to go do something like what are you doing oh i'm playing a show this weekend well this weekend oh, i'm gonna go play a show so she got drugged like to everything and this poor girl she's such a good support system i owe it to her mostly she's most of the success honestly as dumb as that sounds like, uh dude i get it i totally get it it's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy because I see like now that we have children, like it's like who watches the kids when we're gone? The wives watch the children when we're gone. You know, it's, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, it honestly is. It takes a special kind of someone to support somebody that's, you know, chasing their dream or, or, you know, going out and doing their passion, you know? So for days at a time too. I mean, I could, I would do it for her too. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, I'm sure it is a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Bless, bless her soul, and bless all the band wives out there. I actually, <laughs> I actually spun the idea past um, a few people that live in town here, and they like refer to themselves as the band wives because it's like a few wives that kind of hang out, and uh, like all of their husbands are in bands around the area. And I was like, y'all need to sit down and have like a the view type podcast talking about band stuff oh my god dude for real we should do that like you should you need to get the wives in here so like sarah dude if you sat down with my wife she's been involved with this band since the beginning she could tell you so much shit that i forgot (laughs) dumb things and like oh my gosh i I would love to hear like what she would have to say sitting down with all those other wives and how they can just bitch it. Like, <laughs> God damn it. He came home at three in the morning. And <laughs> <laughs> He's lugging all his gear in, just banging against the walls. 
loud. Oh my god. You we... left the car for the last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh yeah. You might be onto something with that one. You better you better pursue that. Oh, There's okay. a lot of they they can talk to you about that. Dude, dude, it would be so fun to just have like some girls sitting down with some wine and just talking about their end of the <laughs> the story. Oh God, you could really have some fun with it. Like this is the other side of the story. <laughs> behind the curtain, that's behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that well, awesome. Well, Taylor, uh, I do want to say thank you for uh, taking some time <clears throat> out of your day to sit down and talk with me, and uh, I appreciate it. Uh, once again, check out the new single. There's links down below to all the Ancient Elm stuff. Uh, and I'm sure if you click on any of the social media and stuff, there'll be plenty of links to more stuff coming up. So, uh, don't go away, but, uh, dude, thank you so much for joining me. Definitely. Oh yeah. That's a really fun one. He's a hardworking guy. He's doing a lot of stuff, doing it all DIY. And it's uh, really fun to have people like that around. Cause you know, he's, he's spent time over the years just finding different ways to get things done uh no matter what he wants to get done you know so that's i feel like that's something that translates well to life in general as as just like a a trait that you might learn from music and you can take it to life with you or you might learn it in life somewhere else and you can take it to the music with you so uh you know if if you guys are out there and you want to do those little mini tours and things like that they're possible ancient elm's done a bunch of them for those of you that watched on Patreon, there was actually a little part in there where you showed a map of everywhere they had been. So that's really cool, too. You know, and that's really another thing about Ancient Elm is they're not from a huge city and they don't have, like, you know, five local venues to play at or whatever. You know, they've got to drive everywhere where they want to go to go play for somebody, it seems like. So they're all over the place. They're always playing all across Iowa and beyond. So hats off to them. They're always just chugging along, doing all sorts of crazy things. And uh, they're great guys, just great guys all around. And, you know, I had a great time sitting down talking with Taylor. You know, it's really cool to, to, to talk to the guy that's been there the longest and how it's all changed around him and he just keeps chugging away. You know, and, and Ancient Elm, speaking of chugging away, that new single, uh, it comes out tomorrow if you're listening to this, the day that the episode comes out. So check that out. Otherwise, they had a single come out not too long ago called Mount Shasta. Check that one out as well. And, uh, you know, check out the other links down below. Subscribe to them, like them, follow them on Spotify. People are starting to do that, it sounds like. So, you know, check it out, guys. That's a, it's a great thing, and I, I love what they're doing. They've, they've been a band with longevity, and that's, there has to be something to be said for that. They've been going for a long time consistently and uh, just kicking ass <laughs> consistently, honestly. So uh, hats off to them and H&M. If you guys are looking for Audible Farm stuff, check out the links down below. The Audible Farm podcast is housed at audiblefarm.com. There's all the links there. Otherwise, you can check out the shop, shop.audiblefarm.com. There is Audible Farm merch available there. Also, video versions of the podcast, if you've heard me mention it before, they're available on Patreon, $1 a month, and that's all it costs. And you can watch video versions of the podcast and uh, chat with me directly on there and comment and, and have a good time. There has been a couple comments recently popping up on there. People are starting to interact on the Patreon, and uh, it's it's proving very funny. Uh, people are just out there giving each other a hard time. So I love it. Check that out if you guys are on the Patreon. Uh, it's worth a look. So uh, thank you guys that are uh, patrons and everyone that has been uh, watching those episodes. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you guys for listening here. Uh, as, as usual... 
uh, the Patreon $1 a month uh, audio versions free all the time. So check that out. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube if you guys think about it or have a chance. And I will check you guys next week. All right, everybody. Peace. Peace.